0: Getting publicity for your business, getting noticed, getting influencers to mention you, getting out there into the world is not an easy task. In this episode, we will be going through the advice that John Card gave in the early episode about PR and how Adam actually implements it. Listen along if you want to know more about how to implement the advice on PR, get into magazines, press, influencers, and get your business out into the world and noticed. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun, and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome back to the Rebel Entrepreneur Coaching Series. I have back with me Adam from Craft Box Club. Welcome.
1: Hello, it's good to be back.
0: (laughs) You are indeed back. And a couple of episodes ago, we did an episode with John Card, uh, who's a writer for The Guardian, The Telegraph, The Times, and an expert on PR stuff. And he gave you lots of information, lots of advice, lots of things to do. What's been going on with the PR stuff? How, how have you progressed since that interview with John Card? What have you tried? What's worked? What's not?
1: So it was a really useful session. It was a, a real eye-opener into a world that I, I haven't really thought about. You know, this this is kind of next-level stuff for me. Uh-huh. So <laughs> uh, I, I had three pages of uh, hastily scribbled notes with uh, with diagrams and all sorts all over it. Um, and I've tried to distill that into a few things that uh, like I can work on and and take forwards. So I, I think the first thing that um, that I took away and I was I was super keen to do this because because uh, I like to write. Um, John said that I needed to have some kind of bio like a like my story in relation to the business. So um, I, I went away and uh, basically, you know, wrote what came to mind, um, and you know, created quite a few pages of, of story. And then what I've done is shaped that into the format that he he was mentioning, um, which uh, which is the format that that really helps you connect with with people and get your story across, kind of efficiently, I guess. E-
0: efficiently, well, that's the idea: is to give people enough that they get excited and not too much that they stop reading halfway through. That's always Mm -hmm. the bit. So you use that exact structure that John gave of what was the trigger moment, what was the transformation, and then the third bit is what's the moral of the story and how have you reacted to that. So you've used that. Um, You've written it. you sent it to us. Uh, We failed to reply as yet. Um, Have you put it on the website? Have you sent it to anyone? Have you got any thoughts?
1: Yeah, so it, it went into a blog as soon as I could get it uh, onto the website in a blog. So that's available for everybody to have a look at. Ooh, and... How do they
0: find that? So if you're listening to this and want to see what Adam's created based on John's advice, how do they find that? How do the listeners find what you've created?
1: So you can go to craftboxclub.com and then head to the blog, which is we you scroll all the way down to the bottom of the page and hit blog. Uh, Or you can go craftboxclub.com forward slash blog uh, if you'd like to do it. And that will be, um, depending on when this comes out, that might be buried under loads of other incredible content. (laughs) At the moment, it's it's fairly near the top.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's called The Craft Box Club Story on a Mission to Spread Eco Crafts. Which I love that, and you've got your mission right at the front. You've got some quotes. Would you you've put in? You've got some pictures. Like you've really brought this to lo- life, which I love.
1: Uh, yeah, it's got it's got that um, one of my favourite photos ever of uh, of me with a guitar trying to eat a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like. Um, yeah, you know, so that it's telling the story of my early creativity through um, music all the way through to to visual arts um, and then also trying to get across the the eco message as well. So that all the kits are plastic free.
0: I love that. I love that. So, OK, so it's great that we've written that. Uh, and the question I always do whenever I do a creative exercise like this, I put something out. It's great that we've written it. What do we do with it?
1: Uh, well so I sent it round to a few friends to have a look at um and you, you know, you, you get a little bit of light feedback from that, don't you? You know, oh that's very nice. But you know, people will tell me very quickly if I'm <laughs> if I'm being an idiot. Uh and I and I <laughs> and I got a, a few that's very nices, so you know <laughs> that, that was that was kind of helpful. Um but but I've um one one of the other points that John mentioned was to track um hashtag Jenna request on mm. Twitter. So I've been having a look at that kind of whenever I've had a spare moment. Um, you know, you know, you, when you've got a spare two minutes or something, it's quite a nice thing just to be able to have a look at. And I found somebody on there who is a, a journalist who specializes in writing stories that are about eco-friendly things and the environment. Uh, oh. And they were requesting um, some content for uh, a story about eco-friendly businesses, so I love that. Um, there was there was an email address on there, so I followed up with an email, um, put the bio in with uh, a load of photos, um, and yeah, replied directly to that request, um, and she was keen on um on, on doing a story.
0: I love that. And w- where have you got to with that particular one as of the moment?
1: So it's it's difficult to know, really. So um, she replied and said she, that she would write it up. Um, I I'm not quite sure how journalists work in that. They, you know, it's, it, she doesn't work directly for The Guardian or The Times or something. Um, she's freelance. So she's she's writing a lot of stories which will come out in in some magazines that she writes for around autumn. She was saying or autumn, oh, okay. so, sort of winter time um but i don't know uh I, I know the the publications that she's written for before because it's on her website but i don't know where that story is going to go um it'll go possibly somewhere in there i guess they pro- the journalists probably have to pitch it if they're freelance so it's not you know if she's written the story it's not guaranteed it's going to go in there um so but it's she wanted to write something about about craft Box club
0: fantastic and you've Followed up with pictures. You've asked her what she needs. You've checked in to see if she's got everything she wants.
1: Yeah, that's it. So I've I've had uh, just two follow ups, and and she was asking for some higher res photos. So I've sent those through, uh, and at the moment that's it. Um, but I probably need to go back and check in, and you know, to see if she needs anything else. I don't. Know.
0: Well, it's worth it's checking all in. New. <laughs> uh, it's worth going back and checking in, saying, how are you doing? What are you working on? It's also worth like, just sending, I have three ideas for stories. And sometimes that is enough to inspire people. Because if you just go to someone and say, is everything okay? Uh, yeah. They'll probably just ignore it or say yes. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you go and go, okay, have you got what you need? What are you working on? Here's three ideas I've had. Um, and that is more likely to generate a response. So for those of you listening to this show right now, the first piece of advice that we got from John Card was to check out hashtag, which is the hash sign, journo request on Twitter. And if you do that, you'll see lots of journalists asking for different things that they want. So there's some that are happening right now today. Uh, There's people asking for all sorts of different things. There's a quick one. Tell me the most ridiculous, infuriating reason you were denied disability benefits. Um, There's I'm looking for pubs around Ireland with the nicest outdoor areas for a feature. There's lots of people asking for all sorts of different things. I'm looking to speak to people in Cambridge with family abroad. Um, And you go on journal request uh, and sometimes there are people asking for exactly your subject. One of the things you can also do is set up a Twitter alert. So anytime journo a request and craft or journo request and eco-friendly, that would be the key terms for Adam, but you can think of them for your business. Set up that alert so that as soon as that comes in, you get notified and you can quickly go back and respond to it. That's sort of the passive way of waiting for press to come to you. You look for what people are after and then reply back with what they're actually writing for at the moment. So everyone listening to this, you can do this right now. Get your phone out, have a look at hashtag journo request and see what people are asking for right now. Um, so we've done a little bit of that, but that's kind of waiting for people to come back to us. There has been there's years of journo requests in Twitter one thing we could do is look back through old ones and do a Twitter search for Journal Request Craft, Journal Request Eco Club. Look through old ones. Uh, and then I know they've already written that article, but it might be several years since they've written it. And you could say, oh, I've got some ideas for a new article. I saw you wrote this. Here's some inspiration. So we could find people to message through that Um Yeah, that's the idea. That's what we've been working on is getting you into the press, Adam. We've got one lead. I guess we need to find a few more. The challenge with this is it's a fairly time-consuming, energy-heavy way of doing things because you have to search, you have to put information out there, you have to send messages. But nothing happens unless you take control and put it out there.
1: Yeah, that's it. I mean, that said, though, it's now that I have a pack together with a bio and I've got some photos to hand um, yeah and especially I haven't done that if you if, if I was to set that Twitter alert up then it's you know quick copy and paste usually and then there's a paragraph to type out to, to make sure that you're focused specifically to what they're asking for um, and then I you know I, I can do that pretty quickly at, at the moment though it um, you know having having done I, I haven't searched the old ones but having kept on top of the new ones it's been kind of few and far between asking for stuff to do with the environment and crafting um, Yes, like we, we've talked about before that um, you know craft being a kind of seasonal thing people possibly won't be asking specifically about doing um, articles about crafts in the newspaper at this time of year um, although like, like I said you know, a lot of people are writing for magazine articles which will be published at Christmas now so um, you know, I, I I guess it's just a case of combing journal request um and keeping an eye out for 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 some of that stuff. Um to yeah, to see what's there.
0: Then there's the proactive bit of finding the actual magazines that you want to be in, finding the authors that have written the articles in the past and directly messaging them saying, I've got stuff for your next Christmas article, your next this article, and I know we're only in June. However, Christmas is such a big thing. In many industries, they're already starting to think about it and warm up towards it. And if we want to get you set up for Christmas, now's the time to start looking at who's writing those articles. You don't want to get to November and then be messaging them because they will already have written the articles. They'll already be coming out. We need to get in front of that. So there's the proactive bit. And I think, as with all marketing, there's the passive stuff. And there's the proactive stuff. And the passive stuff is waiting for the hashtag Jono request to come up. Like We're just waiting. The passive stuff is waiting for people to contact us. The proactive stuff is sending messages out there. I saw you wrote this, thought this would be a good idea for an article. I saw this and you're actively going out to people, messaging them, getting involved, talking, which you are actually very good at doing that. And we always need a balance of the two, the passive and the proactive. And getting into PR stuff can be quite passive at times because you write your pack, you put it online and then you wait for stuff to come to you. That's not always going to get you where you want to get to. It's the proactive reaching out to journalists, speaking to people, sending messages to influencers. It's very similar. I mean, a journalist is just an influencer with a magazine, an influencer with a paper, an influencer with a radio show, an influencer is someone who's online with uh, their own platform that's built on Instagram, Facebook, something else. So it's that proactiveness. So I guess you've built the kit. How have you done on the photos? Because I know John was saying about spending money on photos I know the general thing at Rebel Entrepreneur is let's see if we can do it for free how have you got on with photos have you got some photos you're happy with have you managed what what happened
1: (laughs) yeah so uh, I uh I I kind of cringe when I hear you've got to spend some money Um, (laughs) okay okay you know personally it's just like ah you know I, I count up how many craft boxes I've got to uh, I've got to sell um, before before I can get that you know get that money back. Um, but uh, you know I I've, I've sort of thought about it. We we talked online a little bit about getting friends to do it. Um, there's I, I'm kind of out in the middle of nowhere where, <laughs> where I am at the moment, um, and there's not a lot of a, a lot of people um, coming over because of COVID still and all that kind of stuff. Um, I had a few people over, and we planned to do a kind of uh, a, a trial run of a photo shoot, but it just never happened in the day with kids everywhere, and you're trying to do stuff, you know. Um, yeah, it's, so for, so trying to do it for free just just wasn't really happening. Um, so what I've done is uh, I, I put a a request out on a, a local Facebook group to get some recommendations of of really great photographers, um, and I, I'd spoken to a couple. And the prices were kind of terrifying um, for, for, <laughs> what were they quoting sheets. you so it was it was um six hundred pounds as kind of like a a starter brand photo sheet um, wow, which
0: is about nine nine hundred dollars if you're listening in America, which is like that's a lot of craft box club sets you have to sell to recoup that kind of money
1: yeah, sure is, and we we're, we're talking about doing doing an investment um for the long term. But even so, I wasn't I wasn't really comfortable with that. Um, but I, I found someone that I really wanted to work with and that I thought would be a really great fit. Um, the photographer is really super into crafts and, and love the kits. Um, so I, I did really want to work for her. So we've managed to arrange a, a, a kind of stripped down package, um, not stripped down photos, <laughs> that's something else. But a, a lighter brand photo shoot, um, which which has come, come in at a, a price that I'm um, a bit more comfortable with.
0: I love that. I love that. And uh, yeah, stripped down photo shoot, a strategically <laughs> placed craft box. You never know. It might get you customers. I don't, you should be open to everything, Adam. <laughs> um, Yeah, especially the team always like to send me into nice photos at the Rebo Business School. But anyway, <laughs> like I think, that's fantastic. So, what kind of price have you got for the deal this time? If it's more acceptable,
1: it's uh, it's two fifty for for this one. We've we've agreed. Uh, you know, doing a, a bit of social media promotion between the two of us as well, which you know I'm happy to do, and and she'll promote on her social media as well. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be it, it's going to be uh, you know really really add value at that level.
0: Perfect, perfect. So you've done a little bit of deal. You've swapped some value instead of cash. uh, It's going to work for you and work for her. And this is an investment that these photos you can use over the next few years to promote what you're doing, to share around the place. Like These are the photos that are really going to sell what you're doing. And having good photos of your business and what you do is essential in modern-day marketing. Those photos are going to be used on Facebook, Instagram, your website – We do get value from them, and photographers can bring huge value. When you're starting, it's always ideal if you can find a friend to do it for free for you or find someone, create your own. But as you get going, I mean, the quality of the photos are what sells. And I'm similar to you, Adam. I never like spending money. I like to do as much of it as I can for free. However, it's the face of your business. You sell online online. It's like if I go to Google Maps and I'm searching for breakfast, the quality of the photos on that cafe's website are what sells it to me. And if they've got really good photos of the food, I'm like, oh, that looks good. If the photos are poorly lit and the food looks a bit sloppy and rubbish, (laughs) I move on very quickly and those photos directly affect whether I become their customer or not. And it's exactly the same for you. Your window is online. Anyone listening to this, if you secure most of your business online, if you market online, the quality of your photos does make a big difference. And I hate to say it, but if this if your business is making money, this is an area to invest some money into. If your business is not yet making money. This is an area to invest some time and energy into and go to YouTube and search for how do I take better photos? How do I take better photos of my product? How do I take better photos of myself for my PR? Anything you can do to raise the standard of your photos if you're online promoting will have an impact. Um, So when's the date? When do we get to see these photos of you with strategically placed craft boxes?
1: (laughs) Exactly. So uh, the, the the shoot's on Monday, um, but we've we've already done quite a lot of work in terms of picking colors and things like that. Like, so you mentioned photos of the uh, of the food. Um, so the, the the exercise that that she's taking me through this, the, the photographer um, is identifying five different parts of my life and finding three or four photos that are to do with with that on Pinterest or something like that. Um, so we put a kind of um, a, like a photo board together, and one of the areas of my life is is definitely food. Um, so uh, I've I've got um, a lot of kind of really colourful photos uh, of, of food that I've I've chosen colours from. Um, it's food, and then guitars and uh, adventure and stuff like that. Um, and we've 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 come up with a colour palette to to uh, inspire the photos so far. Um, So, yeah, I I think it's, you know, all of this thought process around telling the story as well as the photos is really going to help.
0: I love that. I love that. So basically what we're building here is the pack of information that you can use to promote your business, promote your story, tell what you're doing and to share. Then we need to find out where you're going to stick it. (laughs)
1: Are you going to
0: tell me where to stick it? <laughs> <laughs> um, meant in the politest possible way, because um, I know lots of people have created this kind of stuff. They create the journalist pack, they create the photos, and then it just gets left in the drawer or sat in a file on your computer and doesn't go anywhere. And there's no point building something unless you share it. And it's exactly the same as our website Wednesday at Rebel Business School that we keep saying. There's this saying out there from Field of Dreams and Kevin Costner. If you build it, they will come. And it's the biggest lie out there, Adam. If you build it, no one will come unless you tell them about it and you have to stick it somewhere. So you have to take your pack and send it to people share it you have to message out there you have to communicate you have to speak to influencers you have to make friends you have to create collaborations you have to drive out there into the world with this new content because building it is only step one
1: so yeah the short answer to where am I going to stick it is is everywhere (laughs) (laughs)
0: We've got to be very careful with this analogy now. Um, but yes, I like that mentality, stick it everywhere. I like that mentality. Uh so tell me, how are you going to take this Journo Pack, what you've created, the story, all of these different bits? How how are we going to get it out there?
1: So there's uh there's the the passive stuff like Twitter, and then also there's something that's a little bit more active, um, which which wow. I've got into recently um there is a a a paid for but uh it's it's only a fiver a month um so i was you know i'm I'm doing this as another kind of mini experiment and you you pay for entry to a private facebook group and it's just a facebook group for entrepreneurs and journalists to share stories and the, the idea is that you um it's a on one hand, it's a little bit like the journal request hashtag is that mm. there's journalists on there who are asking for, um, for for content for certain stories that they're writing, and you can get back in touch very quickly just by commenting on um, on, on that post. Uh, so I've been keeping my eye out for things on there. And then you can also um, pitch. So you do, you sort of hashtag it with, with pitch at the top of a post, and then there's a okay. format that they ask for for a pitch. Um, so there's there's two things on my to-do list next for that group which is firstly to introduce myself so I'm waiting for the the photos to do that um, since that's only a week away and then I need to think of a few story ideas to do pitches to that group um, love that, that the I, I, I picked the group because I, I've uh, managed to get in touch with somebody else who's been running a craft subscription for a while and they recommended that group because they get quite a lot of press through it.
0: Mm. What's the group called?
1: Uh, it's called...
0: What do I search for on Facebook?
1: I think it's something like Spark. Let me just check. Uh, oh, no, it's not Spark. It's it's uh, Entrepreneur and Press Hangout Lightbulb.
0: Entrepreneur and Press Hangout Lightbulb light bulb really catchy title
1: (laughs) yeah so they um when you go to join they direct you to a website where you set up the five pounds a month thing um and and, and you put your email in then they grant you access and that that took just 24 hours to get access to that so that's that's all journalists and and entrepreneurs on there and i've uh, i've had a bit of success with this in the past that somebody else was on a similar group um someone who was at um uh, Rebel Business School originally and they said that somebody was looking for a story uh, for some you know things to do over lockdown. So I managed to get into the Daily Mail through one of these groups before. Um so I was quite keen to be on it.
0: And how did that impact you being on the Daily Mail? Do you think it actually what did it do for you?
1: So I got um ten customers specifically from seeing me in the printed copy of the of the daily mail um some people even called me up (laughs) wow and said hey you've been in the daily mail um can i buy your thing i went yes the website (laughs) 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 um but yeah so you know it it, it, i I, the the 10 at the time was fairly significant to be honest um but then being on there increased my google ranking straight away um that that was around the time that I got onto the front page of, of Google for the, the keywords that, um, that that I wanted to be on there for. So that helped quite a lot.
0: So it sounds like it's a high value activity that we need to do more of.
1: Yes, absolutely. So that's that kind of leads me on to, to another another part. That it's it's great to get the um, the big press coverage like the um, you know, Times is Guardians, Daily Mails. For the for the med- for the immediate sales but I feel like there's some um, some other websites that I should be targeting that are specifically to do with um craft uh, that would probably boost my Google rankings more than than some of those
0: well yes because they're actual craft craft websites that mention and talk about craft and being eco-friendly that link directly to yours, Google's going to go, okay, this website is linked. They're talking about each other um, as opposed to just a general one uh, that talks about you. So I think absolutely. And I think what I'd like to say to everyone listening to this is it's pretty much the same process no matter what you're doing here. Whether we're reaching out to individual websites, magazines, Uh, whether we're reaching out to journalists, whether we're reaching out to influencers, it's pretty much exactly the same process because it's selling to people. You're not reaching out to a business. You're not reaching out to a magazine. You're reaching out to a person that works there. And it's the same thing. We find the person. We find out what they're interested in. We send them a message. We make friends. It doesn't really matter what type of thing it is we make friends and create that connection and then we can collaborate, come up with ideas, work out what to do. But it all has to start with us reaching out. And I think sometimes we think, and I know I do, I've been guilty of this. I think there's some kind of secret. There's some kind of way of doing it. There's some kind of special thing that we need to do. In general, there isn't. It's about making friends. It's about adding value. It's about reaching out with ideas. It's about sharing things and you do it in the right way. And who knows what happens? And I had, uh, well, there's lots that have happened to me recently, but one particular, I had a friend send a message and said, look, here's this entrepreneur. He was on the BBC. It's a great article about him saying you don't need money to start a business. He started his off the back of a bet with some friends and £500. And he's now built a £6 million a year turnover business off the back of a bet. You should interview him on on your podcast. So I wrote him a really nice email saying, I think you're inspiring. Do you want to come on my show? And he said, yes, immediately. And it comes from me reaching out, someone noticing things. It comes from being involved in that stuff. And this takes time and effort and energy. But... The results can be huge. So I don't think there's a real mystery here, Adam. I don't think there's something. And to everyone listening, there's no real secret or mystery. It's reaching out and making friends. And in the Christina episodes for season one of The Coaching, and we had Eric Finnegan on the show talking about sending cold emails and how you connect with people. It's just reaching out and connecting with people, whether it's cold emails, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram. And everyone listening to this, that's all you've got to do is start getting out into the world, start commenting on their stuff, connecting, sending messages. So my challenge to everyone listening to this today is. Send 10 messages, find 10 people you'd like to speak to and send them messages. I don't really care where it is, how you do it, send them an email, send them a message on their website, fill out their contact form, Uh Just connect with them, offer them value, ideas, share. There's no real mystery. And I think that's what we've got to do. The challenge with this comes when everyone says there must be a quicker way of doing this. I need to shortcut it. I need to do this. I need to do that. And I think to start with, it's the individual reaching out. And the second bit, which I'm not very good at, Adam, is making a list of all of these people that you've spoken to so you've been in the daily mail you've got that journalist's contact details when was the last time you wrote to them
1: <laughs> uh oh uh, about a week after the, the article came out <laughs>
0: <laughs> and we we never go back to these people yeah adam's adam's pulling I'm his hands up my in the on the wall <laughs> um, but these people that know us They already know us. So to start with, we've got to create a connection. That's the hardest part. And then the second bit, we stay in touch every now and again. Are you planning any more articles on being eco-friendly? Are you planning any articles on the Christmas plastic explosion that's just about to happen and how we can counter it for our environment? Like. What are you up to? How are you doing? That article was amazing. You helped me get 10 customers. Thank you so much for helping me with my business. Love you. Uh, Like just connecting and reaching out. So I think the bit that I've never been good at, and I have to admit, I'm not good at this, Adam, but is so important, is the making the list of the people you've messaged and then continuing to stay on their radar. So messaging them every now and again, sending them a picture, commenting on their stuff on Facebook, Twitter, wherever it is. So they, you pop up and they see you and they're like, oh, it's Adam at Craft Box Club. That article was great. We should do something else. But if they don't have that reminder, they've written the one thing, they never hear from you again. Why would they think about it again?
1: yeah absolutely oh, i've um I've made a note to go back to some of the people who've who've written about me in the past for sure um that makes a lot of sense and i and I couldn't agree more with the the power of of making friends and reminding people that you're still there i think <laughs> um i have, I've been in practice doing this as as being possibly one of the most average bands in southampton but getting, <laughs> Get, getting booked for uh, for some of the the best venues <laughs> by um, you know having having a press pack uh, or you know having having a pack for venues to look at um reminding them that, that I was still there and turning up on time <laughs> you know it's, it's, it's powerful stuff uh, doing stuff like that and I don't think I've uh, I've got a job in um, in the corporate world without making friends uh, with, with people first particularly. So um, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I would say I'm, I'm finding it surprisingly hard to make friends uh, with the, the craft magazines. Um, yeah. it's, it's been quite frustrating. So I've, I've got a list of about, uh, I, I've, I've worked through probably about uh, eight to 10 different um, people. So I've tried to find authors um, on, on specific sites. Uh, and I'm particularly trying to get in touch with somebody who wrote about me in a top 10 um, so there's the the, the top um, of, of the keyword search that, that I want to appear for is uh, an article by a magazine called Gathered and I, uh, I'm i listed as one of the top 10 craft subscriptions and I want to say thank you to the person that wrote the article and I can't do it, it's so difficult <laughs> um, it's uh I have I've got I've found them on Twitter and uh and an Instagram um uh, there's there's no email addresses I, I, I've I've been able to find um but they're just not active on any of those um so it's, it's been surprisingly difficult to to break in I think what happens is that they that the craft magazines get a lot of um sort of fairly random crafters to um to to do that, you know, to, to write their articles for them, so I, and a lot of them are not professional journalists. You'd say um, they are kind of dabbling in the odd article. So it seems to be harder to get hold of them because they're, um, you know, sort of more just individuals. Um, I think once I get the details and get <laughs> and do get in touch with them, it'll be quite easy to make friends. But um, yeah, that that's been surprisingly frustrating to get hold of uh, the, the people on there so far.
0: Interesting. Very mm. interesting. So have you contacted the magazine directly?
1: No, so I, I, I haven't I haven't um contacted the magazine. I've just written to find the editors, maybe. Um I gathered again, I I think makes it a little bit tricky to I can't remember why, but it's it even quite tricky to get in touch with, with anybody. Um Well they have but, an email yeah.
0: address, they have their social media, so if you go to their gathered page, contact us. They have an email address. They have the social media, they have where you can write to them. Like, if you're having trouble getting through to them, sometimes an actual physical letter. I don't mm. know, craft them something that says gathered mm-hmm. on it, send it to them, say, I love your content, uh, and see where that gets you. Like, there's ways to do it. I think it's the persistent. And if you go down, they've got the list of people about wanting to advertise on gathered. There's no reason why you can't just speak to those people about advertising, find out what the deal is, find out what the price is, talk to them. Um, There's loads of stuff there. And then they've got, I have questions about my magazine and some of them have emails next to them. Uh, There's all sorts of information on there and ways we could get going tracking these people down. I think the more noise you make, the more messages you send the more people you speak to, the more you put out there into the world, the more you'll get noticed.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so that's great. I'll follow up with them. I, I think what where I was was I, I'd done the kind of shotgun approach where I tried to, you know, I went out to a lot of people to, um, to start with, to which kind of looked like the lowest hanging fruit um, because they were the individuals who'd written specific articles and things like that. Um, and that's not got anywhere. Uh, Which, which kind of, you know, I would, I would kind of expected like one to come back from that. Um, So now we've got to go in for the next, uh, you know, the the next level, which will be targeting that a little bit more and spending a bit more time on those individual um, magazines, going a little bit higher up the chain.
0: So, when you said you did the shotgun approach, how many messages did you send out into the world? Because what Adam means is, it kind of like sent out all these messages uh and then hoped for a response how many how many messages did you send
1: so it was uh it, it was just one to each of the of the magazines so say about 10 magazines or blog you know online blogs and then maybe five uh instagram influencers and again that was you know for with the instagram influencers I managed to get a bit further um and got as far as being featured on on their blog and and that sort of thing So that's a bit easier to get into on Instagram and it's much easier to make friends with people who've got active blogs because they're always on Instagram. Um, (laughs) so it's really easy to talk to them. Um, but you know, that's, that's quite short lived the, the impact that you can have on there. I think if you can get onto websites and get a link on a website, then that's much higher value. So it's probably worth spending a bit more time doing.
0: And if you sent eight to 10 messages to magazines What's a normal return rate for cold emails?
1: Uh, well, so I have sent because I sent it to individuals at magazines. My expectation was that one person would get back because they're they're people. Um, but I yeah I don't I don't know what I sh- I should really have expected.
0: <laughs> which one person coming back to you is like a twelve or thirteen percent return rate? Uh, which for cold emails that would be spectacular. Because people are busy. Uh, my email inbox is flooded. Uh, if you're listening to this and I've not replied to you, I'm really sorry. I have such a full inbox. Um, but there's so many messages that you get hit by. Like, when did you send this message to them? How long ago?
1: Um, about three weeks, two weeks, three weeks.
0: Okay. So you sent one message. We've had no response. Uh, should we give up? No. Um, i don't know if i've ever told you the story i i wanted to get twitter to sponsor the rebel business school i thought they'd be the most amazing sponsor we talk about twitter a lot on the course because you can directly reach out to people you can send direct messages it's actually a really useful tool facebook is a lot harder to reach out to people you don't know Twitter is actually really easy to reach out to people you don't know. So I was like, I need Twitter as a sponsor. So I, uh, did the obvious thing, which is I went to Facebook and put a post out saying, do any of my friends know anyone at Twitter? Um, <laughs> which I probably should use Twitter to get to Twitter, but I used Facebook and someone sent me the link to the CEO. Someone sent me a few other bits. And then one person said, Oh, my friend's an engineer at Twitter. Uh, and linked him in the post I was like awesome so I replied saying thanks to the link I introduced myself said like maybe you can help me I just want to find the right person to speak to and he said let me go away and come back to you and then I was left waiting and there was a big pause what do I do then Adam do I just uh, wait politely uh, do I what? act like a British person
1: absolutely not <laughs> How dare you! I, I did wait
0: politely for like a week and a half or so and then i messaged back saying oh any luck did you speak to anyone and i didn't hear anything for another time and then i messaged back said did you hear anything and he said oh yeah sorry i just do busy doing this doing that and like it's very rarely that people are ignoring you out of rudeness they're just busy with their own lives so i've had two ignores already to get there, and then he sends me the information for the person I need to speak to. And I'm like, yes, through to the next level. So I send this email off. What do you think happens? Uh,
1: A a little nothing again. Another nothing.
0: (laughs) So I've been ignored three times. Uh, So then I send another message off. What do you think happens that time?
1: Um, A bit more nothing.
0: (laughs) It's a lot of silence and gray space. Nothing at all. Uh, and then eventually I send another email off and he says, oh, yeah, sounds really good. We should have a chat. Um, we got on the phone and it's one of the best chats I think I've ever had. We just connected. It was phenomenal. He got the idea. He bought in. It was epic. And I was like, this this is it. This is it. Uh, he said at the end of the meeting, he said, send me some stuff. Which I always hate that close to meetings, <laughs> because you're sending stuff and then waiting for them to get back to you. So I sent him some stuff, and then I'm waiting again. Do do, do. waiting, waiting, waiting. <laughs> um, what do you think happened next?
1: Some more waiting. No, it was a you, lot more you waiting. Got, you got back.
0: Yeah, then eventually I send him a message and say like, okay, like what's going on, uh, and then I get like a a one-line one, one line email back saying, it's not for us. And I was heartbroken at that stage. I would put so much energy and effort into it. I'd been ignored so many times and I'd actually made it through to the right person. And so I was like, well, what do I do with this? Um, and I played the uh, I want to learn card. So I wrote back saying, uh, thank you very much for telling me. Um, I really want to know why uh, I'm trying to learn. You can't hold hurt my feelings. Be brutal. Tell me everything. Like, I can take it. The only way I can improve is if people like you tell me how to improve. Please help me. Um, and he replied, and he let me have it, uh, which wow. was really helpful, uh, but quite <laughs> painful. And there was all sorts of feedback in there. Um, but it helped us to improve our image for the next time we went out. And it wasn't long after that that I landed Microsoft as a sponsor for the Rebel Business School, and they sponsored two events. But it was very, like, it was a long journey to get there. Um, you've sent one email to eight to ten people and been ignored once. What do you think my message is to you, Adam?
1: Keep going. i think this is the thing uh that you know that this is this is what i i i keep trying to do is um is is have stuff always going on in the background um and and have different projects going on at different time at the the same time um so that you know you you can keep going and and eventually maybe something will come through um and yeah so, so you know at the moment today we're talking about pr but there's a few other experiments that are going on in the background. Then I'll get around to doing some more PR, um, and you know I'll just I'll make sure that I I keep driving forward and 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 keep coming up with the, the the next next step along the journey.
0: So I think to everyone listening to this, what we need to do is get systematic. So Adam's got his list of eight to ten craft magazines. Like expand that, expand the names on there. Find the people working for them. Uh, find 20 to 30 names, maybe more, because if you're not sending out 20 to 30, you're probably not going to get anyone replying because you're not sending out enough. And a 10% response rate is very high. So if you're getting less than that, like that's okay. But you need to send more messages to get through to a few people. Then what I'd be doing is setting in my calendar every two weeks, like today's PR hour. And I'll go through all of the people that have ignored me for the last two weeks, send them another message, connect with them, reinvigorate, go forwards, and then I'll do it again in two weeks, and I'll do it again in two weeks. And if I've heard nothing after five or six connections, like I'll drop them off the list and bring more people onto the list. Um, But it's that kind of persistency over time that I think we all forget to do and that kind of persistency over time was what served me very well when I launched Rebel Business School and now if you speak to James who leads sales and promotions for Rebel Business School like he is just incredibly persistent and we've got quite a good brand within councils and housing associations but he still has to Write message after message, email after email to continually get through to people. And he'll be ignored most of the time. And he is a special spirit because he doesn't care. He just keeps going. And I think to everyone listening to this, you will be ignored. It is okay. We just need to keep going and keep sending and keep persistent because it's not the best that win, it's the most persistent.
1: <laughs> Mic drop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so how does all this make you feel adam what's your reaction to those stories that information how does it make you feel what are you thinking about this
1: um uh, so i i'm up for it it's it's one of these things that i i think with with the first year of of doing this it was that i was doing a lot of things that produced small but kind of instant feedback And now this is the next thing that uh, it it will take a fair bit more time um, to hopefully get a bigger result so it's more of an investment Um, and it's it's a bit more um, it's like the sort of business to business selling Um, you know know, like you said it's it's all people isn't it but um, it's a different kind of strategy to what, what I've what I've done before um so yeah it's all new but i'm i'm really enjoying you know learning about it and and taking the next step um i feel like the photos will make a really big difference because especially for um lifestyle and craft magazines people don't want to come and take their own photos you know people want photos that they can copy from what you've got and stick them straight in the magazine and I, i think we're I, I've done quite a lot of work to, to get to a good standard for taking photos of my kits that, that will will be enough to sell to, to people. But i just looking at um, looking at some other Instagram feeds recently that have had um, press coverage. They're just in another league. Um, um, it'll be good, great getting the, the professional photographer along, but I'm really going to try and learn from that experience and improve my own photos as well. I, I've kind of tidied up bits of the house so i can take photos with more <laughs> kind of context because uh, a, a lot of them you see my studio a lot of the photos are just taken against the it's a flat lay on top of the table because i wanted to crop out <laughs> all of the mess <laughs> uh, but that, you know that, that can only take you a certain certain way so now i've got like a, a smart um desk that i've uh i've got from um the neighbor's garage <laughs> Um, I, you know, in a, in a nice corner where the wall's white behind it and everything, so I'm taking a different level of photos against that, um, and so so I, I think that will really help.
0: Absolutely, and another thing we can do is start to look at the photos that make it into these magazines and then start to recreate our own versions of them with good energy, and like, you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Copy what's working, make your own version, but make it slightly better. And if they like that type of photos, that's the type of photos that will get you noticed. And then we can try a few other random crazy bits because you know I like a few random crazy bits. Um, But it's definitely the quality of the photos. And if you're working with a magazine, what does the, like John Card said last time, what does the magazine owner actually want, magazine journalist actually want? They want you to make their life easy they've got to write a certain number of articles. If you can provide them with the pictures and the text and story and all they have to do is top and tail it and add their little bits to it, like their life is made so easy, they're going to love you for it. I always love it when people are coming on the podcast and they make my life easy. Like I get the photo quickly, uh, the description writes itself The podcast episode is easy. Like just if people make my life easy, I love it. And I'm more likely to do it with them. If it's work, sometimes people send me requests, Adam, to come on the show. And the request alone is like three pages long. and I'm like, I really have to read all this. I really have to do this. Like it's too difficult. Uh, And they rarely make it through to the guests that I speak to. Uh, And it's definitely about making people's life as easy as possible
1: yeah absolutely, that yeah, makes a lot of sense
0: so what are the next actions for Adam at Craft Box Club based on this chat today what are you going to do with this information how are you going to implement it where are we going next
1: so starting from the beginning I need to go on to Twitter and get some Twitter alerts set up so I don't have to scroll all day General general requests. <laughs> uh, I need to go on to, um, the the that uh, Facebook group and introduce myself and do a pitch, as well as keep looking for a few um, a, a few journalists who are after stories. I'll do that after I've done my photo shoot on Monday. Um, with yes, with a whole load of fresh images. Um and. Also, yeah, I need to start reaching out and being proactive with uh, craft magazines, uh, in particular, and, and uh, yeah, and especially crafts websites that are uh, ranking highly for for my keywords, so I can hopefully get featured in, um, well, in an article or, or, or um, I'm, you know, I'm really after the the top tens, the top ten craft boxes.
0: Yeah. If we can find those people, if we can connect with them, if we can make friends, uh, it's the right time to be doing it. And yeah, we need to be doing that each probably fortnight, sending out new messages and then expand our list, send out more messages, expand our list, send out more messages and doing everything we can to connect with those people as we go. Um, That proactive marketing is going to get you noticed.
1: Can I run another idea past you as well while we're, while we're there for for uh, reaching out, for getting featured on those top tens?
0: Mm, tell me.
1: Uh, so there's the, something that I've been resistant to so far is, is um, being on the likes of Etsy and not on the high street. I've just been selling through my website. Um, however, when you look at the top tens, Yes, it, it does very much look like they've been written based on somebody having a look at what's on Etsy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because um,
0: that's where people go to search for things. That's where they're looking.
1: Yeah. So I I do wonder whether it's worth being on there, not so much for selling, but just for being in an easy collection for somebody to, to find if they're writing that sort of article.
0: Well, I think going direct to the people who are writing those sorts of articles will solve that issue and will be better. You could even write a not on the high street, not on the high street. Like you're not on the high street and you're not on the high street.com <laughs> um, type article. Uh, reaching out directly is always the best way. Being found in places is a good way. And people are lazy when they're writing articles. Uh, that's normal. They would go to where there's an easy list that they can look down. They'll find 10 good ones and that's their job done. Um, I guess the thoughts in my head is the cost-benefit analysis. So I know being on Etsy costs, being not on the high street might cost. How much does it cost? Is it going to work? And then you always, one always comes back to the do a mini experiment. Like let's do a mini experiment. Let's put it on these sites for a couple of months and see what happens, because they might bring you in a very range of customers they might get you on a few lists and get you noticed we don't know is it worth a mini experiment yes
1: yeah, so i think not Not on the high street last time i looked was was reasonably steep but for etsy mm-hmm. to list it's uh 20p i think um the the cost of being on the, on there is sometimes that if you've written the same description on etsy Google will go, ah, it's a duplicate. I'm going to knock your website down because there's two things. Um, so that it's a dangerous game, but it it's possible to word it in such a way that it's not exactly, you know, but if I copy and paste, then that might, that might work okay. But I've been a bit worried about being on there because of that negative impact.
0: Yes. Well, there is a way to do it slightly differently, or there is a way to have a couple of your kits that are only on Etsy So take a couple of your older kits, take them off your website and just put them on Etsy. And then you've got something completely different on both services and Google should have less of a problem with that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's an idea.
0: (laughs) So it's worth having a go. Like I do not know the answer to this question, whether it's worth it or not. The only way to know is to have a go. And lots of the times like people say, should I do this, Alan? I'm like, I don't know. Shall we try it? How much does it cost? Is it worth an experiment? Um, and sometimes it's not. I guess the question I would ask back to you, do you think it's worth spending your time getting on Etsy versus worth spending your time reaching out to these individuals? Which do you think will give the higher return for now?
1: Uh, it seems quite even, to be honest, because the reaching out to the the individuals, they're not going to be the people that write the articles necessarily. So it might be quite hard to find the people who are actually going to write the articles because they kind of farm them out to random individuals. So when the people are writing the articles, there's they, there's quite a high chance they'll have a look on Etsy, and then they'll be found that way. Um, so I don't know. But then that's, again, that's sort of like a passive thing. and then, <laughs> um, So, yeah. I, Let's I do mean, both they then. See, they see, Yeah. It seems like there's, yeah, there's there's time enough to do both. Obviously, one's going to take away from the time to do the other. Um, so, but I, I think once I'm on Etsy, then that's done, isn't it? Um, that's, you know, there's not a whole load of time um uh, maintaining that so yeah I'll I'll do that and then put that to one side and sort of forget about it and see if that see if that brings anything through and then start doing that. more of the proactive stuff let's do that yes
0: yeah it's good to set up the reactive stuff because if you're not on these places how can people find you uh, and it's good to do that and then we need to do the proactive as well Um, So we have to have the stuff where people can find you. And you've done that through your website. You set up the website, which is a reactive tool. Like it's sat there waiting for people to find it. Then you've got to do the work, getting people to it, sending the messages, driving the traffic. And it's the same with Etsy. It's the same with all of them. And the more places you can be found, the more likely people are randomly searching for you and find you. Um, So, yeah, there's an element of do the reactive work and then wait. And then go and do the proactive work. So let's do an experiment. Let's see what
1: happens. All right, we're back in the lab. (laughs) We're back in the
0: lab. I don't think we ever leave the lab, Adam. Uh, I'm still doing mini experiments to this day on my business. We did one this year where we created a completely new model for the Rebel Business School, and we sent it out to the world to see how they reacted. And I kept saying to people, it's just an experiment. If five people buy, we've got a new product if no one buys, we'll pretend it never happened. Uh, And I don't think you ever leave leave the lab as a business person. We're going to be constantly experimenting, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't. Then we do take the experiments that do work and we double down with our energy on them. And I think that's a very important piece that people forget sometimes is, oh, this experiment worked. It got me a lot of business. It got me some stuff. Well, if it worked, Go and do it 50 more times. Go and do it 100 more times. And then we can run some more experiments afterwards. But we've got to double down on the stuff that works through this series of mini experiments we're running.
1: Yes, learning makes it fun.
0: Absolutely. (laughs) Uh, Adam, thank you so much for your energy and sharing what works and what doesn't with everyone listening to the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. If you're listening to this right now, what we all want is for your business to succeed and for you to start making money doing what you love. The three things I would love you to go and test following this podcast is number one, go and look at hashtag journal request, see what's there, set up some alerts, send some messages. Number two, create a list of journalists, magazines, influencers that you would like to make friends with. And then start making and sending messages every couple of weeks. And then number three, I would love you to go and review the photos you're currently using for your business. Are they selling you? Are they doing you justice? Are they of a good enough quality? And then once you've reviewed them, think about the photos you would like to create. Go on YouTube and look up how do I create good-looking photos of my product. There are YouTube videos of experts that can help you make it better. A little bit of thought and energy that you put into this will pay dividends. So there's the top three actions. Please go out there, build your business, build something extraordinary, make it happen. If it's to be, it's up to you. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a Rebel Entrepreneur.